and underway here on ESPN Plus. They're calling it the show after the show. Hercules Gomez and Sebi Salazar with you. Are you all recovered from the gold cast last night? You know, or earlier this morning? Or earlier this morning, <laughs> yeah, depending on what coast you're in. I asked yesterday, how are we going to fill seven hours of airtime? After yesterday, I will never, ever mm. question production again. No, absolutely not. Or question our ability to talk. More production. That, okay, <laughs> yes, no, they certainly deserve the... Uh, the lion's share of the credit for all the work yesterday, that's for sure. we got a big show coming up for you today as well. Of course, we're going to have the live draw for the round of 16 for the U.S. Open Cup. We're saving the best for last. We're going to make you wait a little bit uh, for that right. one. we got playoffs in Liga Mekis, also in Liga Mekis Femenil. we got to talk about that. And a very interesting, I won't even call it transfer rumor, at this point, transfer report out of Major League Soccer. But uh, we got to start in the Premier League with... An all-American showdown. Leeds United and Chelsea. Christian Pulisic facing relegation-threatened Jesse Marsh. And Leeds, Christian Pulisic started, played 78 minutes, Herc. And, perhaps most importantly, he got on the board, scoring Chelsea second uh, in the 55th minute of a 3-0 win. His sixth goal of the season. A very good goal. Look at it. With the right, he takes it and onto the left and then slots it into that lower corner. It's a goal scorer goal. He took it very well. Look, he picks his corner knows exactly where he's going. So as I mentioned, the score finished 3-0. Pulisic's sixth goal of the season. It's the third straight defeat for Leeds. Let's listen in to their manager, Jesse Marsh, after the match. Yeah, it was similar to the Arsenal match and where we don't really even give ourselves a chance to get going. But um, the guys fought hard. They never stopped. They ran and, and tried to play and um, competed for each other. And obviously, um, disappointing. But again, right now, we can't feel sorry for ourselves. If we get stuck thinking negative things and worrying about too many uh, why it happened and what happened, then, then we don't prepare ourselves for Sunday. So that has to be total focus right now is what, what Sunday will mean. Okay, Herc. Here's a look at the remaining schedule. Oof. Two games left for Leeds. Three, uh, as you see there, uh, for Burnley and Everton. So it's going to be trouble uh, as Leeds tries to stay up. Right now, they are in the relegation zone. 18th, they would be headed down. All right, Herc, it's brass tax time. Is Jesse Marsh going to save Leeds United, or are they headed for relegation? I mean, it most likely looks like they're headed for relegation. Mm. Whether that's on Jesse Marsh uh, remains to be seen. This has been an injury-riddled team. Um, that's back-to-back games where they've taken a red card in the first 30 minutes. Very frustrating for any manager. I mean, you saw the highlight. Jesse Marsh keeps shaking his head no, but nobody asked him a question. Mm. And when that happens, it's bad news. This is a team uh, that really don't have destiny in their own hands. And mm. Burnley, Burnley right now, they may be even on points, but they have a game in hand. Uh, they're going to face Tottenham, Spurs next, next round, so that's going to be a big, massive game for them. And Leeds will play Brighton, and, and Brighton's been a giant killer. Brighton's been a team that, for all time first, is, you know, four of the last six games they've won have been against teams like Arsenal, teams against United, teams like uh, Wolves. Um, it's going to be very difficult. So a few weeks ago, I said yes, and I actually put the percentage, I think, above 50, because I really thought at that point we saw some momentum from Leeds, and we did see momentum from Leeds. There was definitely a turnaround under Jesse Marsh. Uh, things have changed, and it's not just about what Leeds and Jesse Marsh aren't doing. It's what's happening around them in the table. Yes, it's, it's very true. Uh, Leeds have had a brutal run of late, right? Manchester City, Arsenal, yeah. Chelsea. But they get zero points out of that run. They get outscored 9-1 to one, um, in those games. They get absolutely nothing. You look at the other teams around them. Burnley not playing as good opposition, but... They win three in a row. That's nine points at the bottom of the table. I mean, that's like, that's like 20 points yeah. at the top of the table. And then you even look at a team like Everton, which had been struggling, they get three points. To your point about the red cards, I think almost it sounds like you're shifting some of the blame here onto the players. I can't shift too much of the blame on the players. Yes, discipline is definitely on the players right there. You can't get red card. You should know better. Uh, but they're very aggressive. And maybe this is on Jesse Marsh. They're so aggressive, they don't change their tactics. And Jesse Marsh has to realize you can't be that aggressive and press that much against these teams who are very good on the ball with so much quality. They're just going to carve you apart, which is what's been happening in Leeds. So you mentioned the two players that got red cards. They're not just any two players. They're important ones as well. Luke Ayling, Daniel James. Those, yeah. are, those are key pieces uh, for Jesse Marsh. It's probably a conversation for another day. I, I don't know that it's binary for Jesse Marsh. It's definitely binary on success or failure, but on whether he stays or not. I'm very interested to see if they get relegated 
Would he stay? Again, very much a conversation for another day because we got to move on to the other side of this game, which was, dude, we can't ignore it, Christian Pulisic, a second straight start, his sixth goal of the Premier League season, and oh, by the way, huge game coming up against Liverpool uh, in the FA Cup final, that one on Saturday. So, has he done enough, Herc, to earn a start in that game? Listen, nobody... Nobody, unless your name is Mason Mount or Kai Havertz, has a guaranteed place in my eyes with Thomas mm. Tuchel. And I've said this many times. Right. But you've seen what he's done, and he's not played very much in the last six games. So this leads me to believe with the rotation and everything, he may get a start. Also, another thing that leads me to believe, the big games for Chelsea this year, a lot of them, he's played. Mm. And also throughout his career, he's been a big game player. He has that about him. Now, we're right here. Most non-PK goals per 90 minutes. Look at the names. Look where he's at. Christian Pulisic ahead of some very good players like Phil Foden, Mason Mount. He's a player for all intents and purposes when he's on the field. Mm. Makes things happen. The beauty of the hand-picked stat. I love it. No, but it is, uh, it is a, an indicator of, of his success at Chelsea, at least when he is on the field. I think whether he starts or not, I got no idea because we really know no idea what Thomas Tuchel is yeah, going to do from, I mean, come on. from game to game. I think whether he starts or not, though, is a huge indicator to his future at Chelsea. Look at it from the Chelsea perspective. You're coming off a Champions League winning season, and you're going to get nothing from this season if you don't get a trophy in this game. So this is a huge game for Thomas Tuchel. That would lend me to believe that he's going to put out what he believes is his best 11, right? The the 11 that gives him the best chance to win. If Christian Pulisic is in that, then maybe you go into the offseason feeling good about Christian Pulisic's space and place at Chelsea. If he's not in that, and we know that the new American ownership is probably going to get approved before the transfer window, and they're probably going to spend, if he's not in this D11 now, and you're going to spend more, I don't like his situation. I don't Somewhere. like his situation to begin with, but if you're not in the 11, like, where's your place on here? And if you're telling mm. me he's coming off the bench, that's fine, but that's not been the case for Christian Pulisic last six games. There have been games where he doesn't even come off the bench, so it's going to be very telling in a must-win game, a game that's uh, for a trophy, what his place is. Sure. Uh, it's worth noting he did start against Liverpool uh, in the League Cup final. That was back in February. Chelsea losing that game on penalties. One other thing worth noting, it would be his third straight start in seven days. Yeah. From a rotation standpoint, Not like it's a very easy excuse for Tuchel to say, Oh, well, I got to give him forget give him about a being an excuse. Maybe it's by design. Right. That's why he played the first the last two, I should say. Of course, the uh, FA Cup is available for you right here on ESPN plus Chelsea against Liverpool coverage starts Saturday at 1145 a.m. Eastern time. What a game it should be. We wait and see if Christian Pulisic will be in the starting 11. All right, let's get back to the relegation scrap, shall we, Herc, this time in the Bundesliga. American Pellegrino, Matarazzo, and Stuttgart fighting for their lives. They had to play Bayern Munich Sunday. They went down 2-1 uh, in the first half, but got a second-half goal to take a 2-2 draw against the league champions. How about that? Wow. They're, they were hungover. <laughs> right, they've clinched already, is what They've already saying, yeah. clinched. But still, it's a massive resolve for Stuttgart. Absolutely. Bayern, as you saw there... Do what they do. Stuttgart went up in the game. Bayern come right back. But there was a response in the second half from Stuttgart. Let's hear from the manager. What did Matarazzo have to say after the game? Draw was important. The point is very, very important for us. Um, would have liked to have more. But uh, the way the game went, uh, I guess you need to take the point and, uh, and keep moving forward. If the guys uh, perform well and, and work hard, then I think, uh, you know, it's possible to, to gain points and just need to keep staying optimistic and working. All right, so here's what the relegation fight looks like in Germany. One game left, and really barring up a math miracle, Stuttgart are going to end up 16th. Now, 16th doesn't mean you're, you're going down, right? 16th means you go into the relegation playoff against somebody from Bundesliga 2. So Stuttgart in trouble, but not down yet. Not down yet. I mean, also, the goal differential helps them a little bit. If they end up getting three points, it'll be difficult. Hertha Berlin's going to play against uh, Dortmund. But that game a few weeks ago was a direct competition versus Hertha where they lost 2-0. Really, really doing them in right now. So Stuttgart's last game of the season then on Saturday against Cologne. That one, of course, available for you, as is the rest of the Bundesliga on ESPN+. Coverage starts at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. All right, let's go to La Liga, also available for you on ESPN+. Plus. Checking on Mallorca, home, of course, of Matthew Hoppe and El Vasco, Javier Aguirre. 
They picked up a big point on Wednesday in a scoreless draw away at fourth place Sevilla. A nice way to shake off that 6-2 loss to Granada on Saturday, Herc. Massive loss to Granada. That's pretty much a dagger right there. And Sevilla, no easy task. Sevilla looking to lock up Champions League, so this mm -hmm. was a uh, must-win game for them. A huge result for Mallorca. So two games left then for Mallorca. Let's hear from El Vasco. Había cuenta que veníamos de una tarde desastrosa. Lo más lógico era que venía Sevilla, veníamos en calidad de víctimas y también esperando otra, otra vapuleada. Y el equipo dio la cara. Obviamente sabíamos de la peligrosidad del equipo rival, sabíamos de su posición de la pelota, de, de su habilidad individual, de sus centros, de su juego aéreo. Era un equipo muy poderoso, está peleando en Champions y no estoy descubriendo nada nuevo. Eh, la verdad es que el punto no sabe bien porque sufrimos mucho, sí, esa mano de Lolo al final valió la pena, pero estoy contento porque se, se rehizo el equipo, ¿no? mostró otra cara y, y ya te digo, no es fácil, ¿eh? que hace cuatro días te pasaron por encima, te pegaron por todos lados y estábamos liquidados y hoy estamos por lo menos pues ahí otra vez, contentos, vivos, quedan dos finales y hay que jugarlas con la misma intensidad y ojalá con mejor juego. Mallorca down there at the uh, bottom of La Liga. They're 18th, two points right now, Herc, from safety. Two points from safety, but you look at 14th Elche, I mean, they're 39 points. Mallorca at 33, it's six points difference. It's a tight race. Absolutely. Mallorca then hosting Rayo Vallecano in their next match. That one will be played on Sunday. And just like the rest of La Liga, that's available for you on ESPN+. Plus. That's their second to last game. The season finale next Sunday, Mallorca are away to Osasuna. Ready to run it back, Herc. Starting the Eredivisie, Eric Gutierrez, his first goal of the season as PSV won 3-2 <laughs> over NEC on Wednesday. What a way to get your first touch and finish. Look at that rocket with the left foot. He knew what he wanted to do. I don't think he even expected that. Mm. Roofs it, that thing is still rising, Sebi. Tata Martino, get this man into Mexico's starting midfield. Period. About time, huh? About time. Elsewhere in the Dutch top flight, Edson Alvarez with a goal in a second straight game. His fourth of the season as uh, Ajax beats Heron Van 5-0. Okay, the producer told me this was the game winner. <laughs> <laughs> he said it was a key goal. Oh, key goal is what it he said. It was the fifth goal. Yeah. And here's why it's key. Title here's securing. why it's key. That's, That's yeah. right, it is title securing. <laughs> Uh, Ajax clinching their 36th domestic league title uh, with this victory. How about that? Good for Edson. The celebrations, it's the fifth title of his young club goal. career. Uh, the third for him since moving to Ajax from Club America back in 2019. Still just 24 years old, pretty impressive hurt. Yeah, especially when you look at that list. Jonathan Santos, maybe that list uh, inflated right there. He played on a very good Barcelona team, but look at Jesus Corona with three as well, Hector Herrera. But Edson, at that young age, already getting up on that list. Speaking of titles, shout out to our man Cameron Carter-Vickers. He picks one up. Uh, Celtic reclaimed the Scottish Premiership after a 1-1 draw with Dundee on Wednesday. It'll be very interesting to see a few things. Mm -hmm. Cameron Carter-Vickers with the U.S. Men's National Team mm -hmm. and where he ends up. Celtic, I've also heard Newcastle. Mm -hmm. Newcastle's uh, reloading up there, so it'll be interesting. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Liga Mekis quarterfinals kicking off on Wednesday. America Puebla in the first leg at Puebla. Four versus five in the table early on. A Puebla chance and a big save from Memo. Ah, but it's a Puebla chance. Look, it's, it's a direct play. And then how about this, Seb? A lot of complaining from America fans here. Vinas goes out injured. It's Se a very tight play. Segovia there with the uh, stomp. A little bit after that, America with a chance. Sendejas. <sighs> How good has Alejandro Sendejas been? But Silva right there, big paw. So Puebla breakthrough in the 55th. Fernando Aristegueta at the near post. Yeah, this is Henry Martin. Henry Martin loses the ball and then 
And as you get that the near post, rebound by Memo makes it all big, but he coughs it up right back to the Venezolano. Venezolano putting it back in. Well, America would come to life after that. 64th minute from the corner kick a chance. Yeah, I don't think uh, Sanchez knew much about this. Five minutes after that, more oh, from America. Oh, oh no! Henry Martin ain't messy there. What's going on? Puebla hanging on, 75th minute. Nope. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. That's a wasted opportunity, Diego Valdez. A little bit more on it. America does finally get their goal from a set piece in the 80th minute. Sebastian Cáceres of the Diego Valdez assist. Yeah, Cáceres with the goal. Bruno Valdez maybe with the assist here. Look, he's in an offside position. A lot of controversy here. Very polemic call. Ends up putting his hand on the defender. Does he interfere? He is in an offside position. It'll stand. And it's 1-1. There you go. America Puebla even at once after the first leg. Why don't we show you what happened to Fede Vines? Because this photo was posted on social media of his injury. Yikes. Uh, that looks scary, the stomp. And he will be out. Not a fractured foot, but he will be out for Saturday's second leg. All right, Herc, so a lot of the talk in Mexico right now is about America and the refs. Did the refereeing, did the officiating in this match help or hurt Las Aguilas? Neither. I mean, this is, and we have to put context to this because it's always. First of all, did you, do you think it should have been a red on Segovia? No. No? No, not at all. Okay. And, and, and I'm going to go back to the offsides call. Okay. okay. Because I think you can make a case for the, both of those being very similar. When I take a still shot, a still frame of a play, I can make an argument for them both being fouls. Mm -hmm. But when you see them at full speed and when you get the context behind it, one is not an offsides. He's maybe in an offside position, but he never interferes with the play. He's not an offside. And the other, he's putting his foot out, and it's Vinas himself who's coming across it with the shot because he leaves his feet, and it looks worse than it is, especially when you put it on a still frame. I thought that was fine. There was actually a play before this where uh, it's Fuentes who gets taken out with the stomp that I thought was borderline orange. That might have been a red card. But in general, if you're asking me if they were hurt or favor of the freeze, neither. Henry Martin giving up a play where he tries to clear the ball and clears it right to a Puebla player and literally comes right back down to the throat and they score the first goal. That's got more to do with hurting America than the referees in this case. Okay. Do I need to put my uh, Americanista glasses on here uh, for this will. one? First, I, 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 think, think I think the America goal is legit. So I don't think they helped America there at all. I think you can argue that they hurt them. If, if, if you don't think it's a red card on Segovia, right. I think there are people who will say that's a red card. Certainly when you see, right. and I know that doesn't factor in, but the, the bloodiness from, from Vinas afterwards. Right. So, one, if Segovia's gone, that's going to hurt Puebla for the next game. Yes, it will. And you don't have Fede Vinas now. Yes. We just said he's going to be out for Saturday. So, um, I think those two factors, the fact that it impacts the second leg, yeah. for me means that, yes, the referee now, did hurt America. You mentioned, no, well, hold on, don't say the referee hurt America. Because there are people out there who would think, that the referee did hurt him. You know who didn't feel? The mm. referee and the people in VAR. There is VAR here. Mm. So it was more than one individual who took a look at the play and said, you know what? Not for me, man. Mm. Okay, another big question coming out of, of Mexico around this game right now is what's going to happen with the future of Club America? And people are asking if the team that ends up winning, this is going to provide the next full-time manager for America. Is it going to be the current interim Ortiz or is it going to be Larcamón who is like the new hot trending coach in Mexico? He is. And it'll be neither. And it should be neither. So you don't agree that this game will decide who the next this America full-time manager is? No, no, no. And I'm with you. It shouldn't. It, and it shouldn't. Mm -hmm. and, and it won't. And it won't. Take a look at how unjust maybe this is, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, Larcamón started and he was red hot with Puebla. I'm talking about red hot with Puebla. And all of a sudden, he's won once in the last 10 games. Once in the last 10 games. Dan Ortiz is replacing a guy who in a calendar year was historic with Club America. 73 points in a calendar year. But he couldn't get it done. In the opening games of playoffs, bounced out, right? So he's gone. Don Ortiz comes in and he writes the ship. It's, I believe, un he's uh, undefeated in the last seven games. Five straight victories. But if he loses this game, nobody's going to be claiming Don Ortiz for the coach of America. And if he wins this game but loses in the next round, Nobody's going to remember Tano Ortiz. You know why? Because the last guy who was there came from Real Madrid, and he was historic, and he went out just like that. It's Club America, and the context behind that matters in this decision. Mm. So just to be clear, you think that if they don't get to the semifinals, it doesn't matter for Ortiz? He's got to at least get to the semis to keep it? No. Because I think what win. he's done right now is enough. He's got to win. No, it's not enough. Really? You, you're an Americanista. I know, but this has been such a different season. 
such a different. I mean, you have to. You, These for, are the same players who got you 73 points in a calendar year. Okay, but it's the same team that was dead last when and he took over. Style. Dead last. It's pragmatic and it's in tran- and it's in transition where they can hurt you. Mm. Well, I, I'm I'm with you on the fact that if if you're making a decision based on 90 minutes, because that's effectively what it would be, that'd be bad decision making right. from America. You've got a pretty significant sample size here on Ortiz because you fired Solari when you did, and that sample size is. It's overwhelming. He, they're, not only, they're not only playing well and getting good results. They, they've done it from where they were earlier in the season, where they're dead in Seb, the water. Seb, let me ask you a question. You're from American a player's Seb. perspective, a guy comes in, things are going great. Do you want that guy to leave? Seb, they was going great with Solari for a whole No, year. but it wasn't, it wasn't oh, going hold great. Hold on, hold on. Let me ask you a question here, okay, because you're Americanista. Mm-hmm. You say sample size. He's got seven games with America. Larcamon... He's going on two, three years in Liga MX. He's, but, he's made playoffs but not with this team. every single year but not with, this with team. a team that's got a tenth of the budget. Pete Ortiz is doing it with this group you got right now. What more proof do you need if you're La Directiva, if you're Baños and these guys that Are make you, the decision? But you're sitting here as Americanista saying you want Tano Ortiz. The last guy you had here was historic. Now you have Larcamon, and I'm uh, not I mean, advocating Please stop for saying Solari was historic. Please well, stop wasn't saying. He? Uh, regular season history, what is that what worth? What does that mean? What is that worth? What does that mean? What is 73 points what worth in a year? What did it get Solari? It got nothing. Well, it doesn't matter. Well, look at Larcamon. So what you're saying is you're advocating for a sample size of seven games here. Mm-hmm. It's, more, it's more than seven. So the last seven, as you say, he's undefeated, but he took over, You're right. What, they, beginning of the March. Last one right. there. Yeah, you're right a few that. losses, actually, before he kind of got the, got the team going around. All right, uh, let's get to the other quarterfinal. I say other. That's kind of disrespectful. The other quarterfinal uh, from Wednesday. Oh, Pachuca against it. Atletico San Luis. Uh, we'll pick this one up early. Fifth minute. Pachuca with a goal from... Nicolás Ibáñez. That's a ridiculous ball. Nicolás Ibáñez has been a very nice pickup. Uh, originally from San Luis, he's a goal scorer. He was doing it in the Ascenso, now defunct Ascenso, and now in Liga MX. So here's the uh, beginning of the rally from San Luis. Murillo with the shot that's saved. Yeah, Murillo's a, uh, been an interesting pickup for San Luis. Very much a transitional team. More from the home side here, knocking on the door in the 14th minute. 21st minute, we got a penalty. Yeah, I think Murillo does a good job here of drawing the contact, and it's going to be Berterame, Berterame. Berterame converting there. It's 1-1, 34th minute. Jonathan Murillo again, this time off the crossbar. He was very active in this first half, probably the most dangerous player San Luis had. 77th minute, goal Pachuca, Ibanez again. Alvarez with a sweet little ball. Ibanez, he's so good in the air. He's probably the best one, if not the best player in the air in Liga Mekis. 2-1 at that point. Pass forward to the 90th minute. San Luis, the equalizer. No, just oh. saved off the line. There's literally 10 seconds left in the 90th minute. But you can to hold on. But you're playing in San Luis. And look at this. Oh. 94th minute equalizer, Juan Sanabria. That's a dagger right there. Look at this. Never leaves the ball in between traffic. So Pachuca then finished atop the table in the regular season in Liga Mekis. What do you think? Atletico San Luis, the fighting Mauricio Pedrosas, they're going to pull the upset here? Well, I don't know about an upset. I mean... I guess it's an upset because Pachuca's in first place and they came in mm-hmm. repechaje. That would be considered an upset, but it wouldn't be considered a surprise if you're asking me. This is still the same Pachuca team that last season wasn't good enough to be one of the top 12 teams. So this isn't about San Luis. You really don't respect Pachuca. Well, no, no, no. It's a little bit about San Luis. So if we look at the rosters, I, I can make a case for Pachuca not really having a top two player, elite, one or two elite, elite league players, players in any of the lines, goalkeeper, defensive mm-hmm. line, midfield line, forward line. But I could make a case for more than a few players for okay. San Luis. I mean, you look at Berterame, he's easily a top two forward in this league. Uh, he's going to be a star in this league for years to come. Ruben Sambuesa, top playmaker in this league. Unai Vibao, before he did his knee, I would say was one of the top center backs in this league. And, oh, by the way, their coach uh, was the coach of the Olympic team for Brazil, a very good tactician. The way he's got this team playing I don't think it'd be surprised for San Luis to beat Pachuca. Uh, Pachuca finished the season 15 points ahead yeah, of San Luis mm-hmm. uh, in a 17-game season. So I think we can call it an upset. You didn't answer the question. Who, so who will advance? Who do you think is going to get it done? I actually, if you don't want to call it an upset. I actually think it will be San Luis. Hmm. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They, the style they play is, is, is conducive for, for uh, this Ligia type of, of, of game. Mm-hmm. It's tight. It's pragmatic. It's transitional. It's fast. Uh, it's, it's together, and they've got a good spirit about them right now. And 
Not that Pachuca doesn't, but I could easily see this being the surprise of, I guess, if you want to call it a surprise. Yeah, there's a, there's a thing in Mexico, Maldición del Superlíder. No, also it, that. It's, yeah. yeah, and it's kind of the curse of the Superlíder, although the team that wins the regular season, although it hasn't really no, been a factor over the last five years, in no. recent history. Uh, but still, you're buying in uh, on that storyline for Pachuca. Uh, let's go from Liga Mekis to Major League Soccer. This is the transfer rumor slash report I was telling you about earlier. How about this? The Athletic reporting LAFC are offering Giorgio Chiellini a contract. Chiellini, 37 years old. He's got a year left on his Juventus deal. It will reportedly not be a designated player contract. Oh, Hark, a lot to chew off on this bone. What do you think? Good move or bad move for LAFC? For LAFC, and I'm glad you made the distinction, mm-hmm. I actually think it's a good move. If you look at it, Eddie Segura is coming up an ACL injury. Jesus Murillo is very dependable. Mm-hmm. Mamadou Falls, 19 years old. You could use a little bit of depth at the center back position. Yes, he's 37 years old, but he's still been playing at an elite level when he's been on the field at 37. And, oh, by the way, he just won a Euros yeah. not too long ago. He's a quality <laughs> player, but you have to make the distinction. He's very much a we-need-to-win-now type of player. So if Steve Gerundolo in the LA, uh, in LAFC actually think he's a player that can help them achieve a championship or help them to their championship aspirations, then you do it, especially at a 10 moment. Now, if this was DP money, mm-hmm. I would say there's no way you do this. Right. At 37 years old, in August turning 38, uh, with the complexity of playing Major League Soccer, the travel. And the position. The, the you, position. you don't make a, a DP as a center back? But, 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 Sergio what, Ramos, somebody right, like exactly. that. But what we know of LAFC's roster, and mm-hmm. he could be a very good mentor for fall, and I'm sure you're, what you're going to say is, well, you don't sign him to be a mentor, but there's still a very good pickup. To your point about the salary and whether it's worth it or not, the reported money would be you know, less than $1.65 million. That's a really good deal for somebody who's going to bring you, you assume, something on the field. They will have done their homework and right. know how much he has left in the tank, but also I think a lot off the field. It turns out LAFC is not the only team interested. Vancouver uh, is reportedly interested as well. From an MLS perspective, because there's always that retirement. Who calls dibs? Who, calls dibs? <laughs> oh, I, who, right, who has his, uh, his discovery, discovery rights? Right? <laughs> uh, from, from the league-wide, the 30,000-foot perspective, um, we always hear that kind of retirement league knock. This would seem to, to confirm that. So would it be bad for MLS? No, because it's like the same people who say it's a retirement league or the retirement knock are the same people that are calling, calling excuse me, league uh, in France a farmer's league. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like you're, you're throwing these stereotypes to throw these stereotypes. You don't care. You've stripping away a lot of that stigma mm-hmm. by the way you go out and scout, by the way you go out and, and bring players into Major League Soccer that are a very young age. Now, if all of a sudden these big names can come in and still produce at that age, Salatan, mm-hmm. albeit one of those players who has done it, then... So be it. But you need to let these teams make decisions, decisions for themselves. I love it. Uh, Giorgio Chiellini, we, we got a chance when we were at the MLS All-Star Game in Atlanta yeah. when they played Juventus nice to guy. talk to a couple of the Juventus yeah. players. Um, from a media standpoint, uh, forget LAFC, forget the league. I want him here. He's, he's a great, A, soundbite, but he's also a great character on the field that's going to give you things to talk yeah, about. Yeah, and you got to think about the organization. I mean, he could be here in L.A. Play, yeah, he could be here playing for a bit, but he could be in okay. the organization for a lot longer. All right, of course, we have uh, MLS all over ESPN Plus, ESPN as well. Looking forward to the weekend on Sunday. It's Atlanta United against the New England Revolution. That one starts 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN and ESPN Deportes. And then right after that, 4 p.m. Eastern, we got Herc's beloved Seattle Sounders against Minnesota United. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Liga Mekis Femenil Playoffs, Pachuca versus Monterrey. Tigres against Chivas first leg. Coming up on Friday, the second legs will be played 
next Monday. Perfect time then to welcome into the show our colleague from ESPN and ESPN Deportes, Cristina Alexander. Cristina, I want to get all into the Liga MX Femenil playoffs, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention your beloved Rayados on the men's side. Oh, you, you must be in mourning. <laughs> And why would you mention in front of her, too? Yeah. Her is so music music right to now, my Paul. ears. I'm very <laughs> Ancelotti right now. All right, so uh, let's start, Christina, with these semifinals. Uh, we'll start with your Rayadas against Pachuca. What do you expect from that one? Uh, I think that's the most even matchup of both of them, and I think that would surprise a lot of people just because of how Pachuca is coming off that upset. Speaking of upsets now with America, I mean, it cost Craig Harrington his job, and now America's really down because Sarah Lubert's on her way out. And the way that Pachuca really just came in because America beat them 4-0 in the regular season, and now coming off here and really just kind of putting their mark in front of America and saying we are here, we are present. Charlene Corral just having a spectacular match. Again, she's had an amazing season. I'm so happy for her. She's 30, she's at her peak, and she's doing really well, which was what, what was expected of her in the first season, and she's really just doing such a great job. Now with Rayadas, I will say I expected a little bit more because we know that last season Tijuana was a little bit of an issue for them because that global uh, score at the end of the day was a tie and because Rayas was better in the table, they did advance. Now they did have some issues with Tijuana and I'm really surprised to say that Rayadas really needs to work on the basics again with their defense mm. because in front they have killers like Charlene Corral and so many Entusas. All right, you know I want to talk about Tigres, uh, Mike Tigres, <laughs> the powerhouse of the league. But if we're looking at just league play, Chivas, they were actually better, better record. So who has the edge here? Uh, not because you're on the show, Perk, and because, you know, out of this, you're actually a nice guy. Tigres is a powerhouse, but I think Tigres still has the edge basically because of how they're coming off of that 9-1 after two matches against Atlas. They are just so impressive. They know what they're doing. I think if I had to pick one team of the Liga MX Femenil that has their identity set since they practically started this whole project, it's Tigres without a shadow of a doubt. And that's what they showed again. Chivas, on the other hand, had a little bit of issues on the defensive side, which I was so surprised about because they were the best defense along the regular season with only six goals in 17 matches. That's some really impressive stuff, guys. I don't have to tell you that. And that's something that they have to come back to basics because against Pumas, they had trouble. They had to turn it around. They were surprised by that 2-0, and we hadn't even gotten to halftime. So a little bit of that, and also a problem that they've had consistently along the season as well, which is not taking the opportunities that are, that are in front of them. I know they depend a lot on Licha Cervantes. I don't think that's something that they really want to uh, admit. Caro Caramillo is also such an impressive uh, player up front. But if they defensively do what they did against Pumas, it's it's going to be, I mean, a powerhouse again for Tigres, and it could even be a little easy. Okay, Christina, on this show we are obsessed, and not just because Herc is here, with, with number nines, right? We are constantly discussing who's going to be the starting number nine for the U.S. men's national team, for the U.S. women's national team. Of course, we got CONCACAF W Championship, World Cup qualifying coming up. So let's focus in on the Mexican women's um, national team. You mentioned Alicia Cervantes. She makes the move from Rayadas to Chivas back in 2020, and she's been scoring goals for fun Ever since, you also got somebody like Katy Martinez, who was at Tigres, moves to America in 2021 and, and hasn't had the same productivity uh, with America that she had with Tigres. You have a lot of talent in that position right now, in your opinion, who is the best Mexican number nine? That's a really interesting question because I think it's an even matchup between the two, but I, I don't want to be that person on the show and be like, they're both winners. But I really, I love Kathy. I love, uh, I mean, I, I know a lot of people do that, but that, that's totally fine. I love Kathy Martinez. I love her style. I love her hunger every time she looks 
for the ball and every time she plays. I think her nickname is perfect for her, which is Kathy Killer, because that's really the scorer that she is. Alisa Cervantes, I really don't want to take away from her, but I think it just comes down to which player you like most. And when I asked about, you know, which player you like most, I'm obviously referring to Monica Vergara. So I think it really just comes down to gustos, right? You know, if it's Alisa Cervantes for a certain match, if it's Kathy Killer. And it's interesting because Monica Vergara has done different combinations. We've seen Kathy Martinez with Stephanie Mayor playing right behind her as a false nine. So it's just an awesome combination. It's a great problem for Monica Vergara to have for sure to be able to have the luxury of having someone like Alisa Cervantes with that back-to-back just goal-scoring title and also having Kathy Martinez as well. Yeah, she didn't have the best season with America, but I do think she did a really great job in coming off that Tigre season. She was struggling a lot with injuries and I still think she did a pretty good job this season for America which was obviously a team that struggled at the end. Chris, what about somebody like Charlene Coral? I mean, she's on here like literally every <laughs> week in the top 10 in goals. She's having a hell of a season. Uh, she's got national team experience. Where does she fit in this picture? I mean, you guys saw me excited talking about Kathy Killer. Charlene Coral is, is up there, honestly, because she's just such a, a hungry player as well. And she just has such natural talent. Honestly, soccer runs in her veins. It runs in her family. It runs through her blood. And that's something that's in her DNA. And it shows when she plays. Where she fits in, I think that's a question for the Federación Mexicana de Fútbol. Mm. They really have to just find out what's going on. Because I know that was a situation that happened with Leo Cuellar. The last time we saw Charlene Corral playing with the Mexican national team was in the Pan American Games in 2019 in Lima. So it's been a while. And this isn't a situation that you guys know perfectly when we have to talk about Javier Hernandez in that situation with uh, the Mexican national team. And I think this is a little bit different with Charlene Corral because she really is someone that fits well when we talk about locker room kind of commodity because that's something that's really an issue or that has been talked about constantly with Javier Hernandez. That isn't the case with Charlene Corral. I really want to know what happened because Leo Cuellar isn't there anymore. It's somebody mm. totally different. So Monica Vergara, if she really wants someone like Charlene Corral, which I really think she wants her and she should want her uh, because she's just so amazing. And I think that's what Mexico could need to really just push it over the top because you guys know what's coming this summer. I mean, that group that they have with Jamaica, Haiti, and of course the U.S. women's national team, why not uh, take advantage of the talent and the immense talent that is Charlene Corral? Christina, as always, great stuff. Sorry about your rayados, but hopefully rayadas can redeem themselves and, uh, and make you happy. Great to have you with us here on Football Americas. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, it was one game that didn't get finished on Wednesday in the round of 32 in the U.S. Open Cup. Minnesota and Colorado, thanks to a weather delay. What was it, 60 to 80 mile an hour winds that they were telling us uh, in this game? Uh, Minnesota through Abu Danladi taking an early lead. Colorado striking back in the 15th minute. Mesquita going to get on the end of this one to make it 1-1. This game, the longest game, if you count the weather delay, uh, surely in this year's U.S. Open Cup, at least. It was 1-1 and then 18 minutes in. The skies opened up. Herc, you were getting texts from what? Uh, inside the locker rooms at Allianz Field? Yeah, can't disclose my sources, but yeah, maybe it was uh, inchy, as I like to call them. Yep, so they uh, started playing again on Thursday at 1 p.m. local time, and Reynoso in the 87th minute gets your winner. It's weird, because last time they played it was nighttime, and <laughs> now it's daytime. How'd that work out? Minnesota, 2-1 winners. That was earlier today. What about last night, the other nine games? Charlotte beating Richmond 5-1, Herc, in the opener. Uh, Danny Rios, that's why he's there. That's why they traded for him. Fortunate one, and this got away from them quick. 
Uh, you thought it evened up. No, no, no. This was going to go to 2 1, and then it got worse. Yep. Mackenzie Gaines with a brace in that game as well for Charlotte, the expansion team, hoping to make a run in this competition. 5 1, the final score as they knock Richmond out of the tournament. Richmond, of course, out of USL League One. Elsewhere, New York City FC, the defending champions of MLS, taking on the only team left in this tournament out of MLS next. Rochester and New York City FC winning this one, Herc, 3 to 1. Yeah. Uh, don't try playing out the back. Don't do it. I, oh, I tried telling them not to do it. And what, what are you doing? It's MLS next. They got to learn somewhere, right, Herc? Well, yeah. They should have learned by not changing it to the Rhinos or from the Rhinos. <laughs> All right. There it is. There's that bitterness. New England against FC Cincinnati. FC Cincinnati took the lead, and then New England took over. 5-1. Where has Carles Hill been? All this time, where is Carlos Hill? There he is, second of the night. Mm-hmm. That sweet, smooth left foot on full display. He didn't just have two. Oh no, no, no! Carlos Hill had three. Here is the third. What a finish, huh? In step, roof set up, Ravi Buxa had a, a say in this as well. That the All MLS showdown. What about the All USL League One third tier showdown? Union Omaha against Northern Colorado Hailstorm. Union Omaha take it 2-0. Yeah, it's a nice finish. I still think the keeper could have done better. And I maintain probably the nicest pitch we've seen all night. Mm -hmm. The University of Nebraska. Omaha is the furthest advancing third division team. Pick up a nice check. $25,000. Connor Doyle there with the clincher for Union Omaha. In the Southeast, Nashville and Atlanta. What a game this was. Atlanta up 2-0. Then Nashville, what a comeback. Yeah, what's that cliche? 2-0 is the most dangerous lead to have. Sure it is. No, it really is. <laughs> and it was all over from then. CJ Sapon, look at that. It's 2-2. We're and an extra overtime. time. How about this from Ethan Zubak? We definitely thought he'd pushed it too far wide. That is a that is a smooth finish. No, Seth, he did push it too far wide. <laughs> I don't know how this went in. Right. I still don't know. Three Atlanta defenders there uh, couldn't keep it out. Nashville in extra time, 3-2. We had Zubak on the show as well. Down in Texas, Houston against San Antonio. The Dynamo just get it done. Uh, I feel so bad for mm -hmm. San Antonio. I mean, 82 minutes in. You're playing yourself in a good position to make something out of this match against Houston. You've already upset at Austin. And then give up a set piece. <sighs> that was your cup set pick of the night. Out of sweat there for a second, but uh, congratulations to the Dynamo as they advance. All USL championship affair between Sacramento and Phoenix. And a, and a family affair for you, right? The captain of Sacramento is what? Your, your cousin's husband? That's right. Ex of uh, Veracruz. He's a Sacramento Republic legend. Roro Lopez. They're going to be happy in Sacramento. Big stop there. Phoenix had a chance from the penalty spot. The double save. That's and when you knew. Sacramento. I mean, you yeah. knew. You yeah. knew then. Yep. You're not converting from the spot. You are not moving on in the Open Cup. Congratulations to Sacramento. And then how about Cal United strikers Adonisa facing the LA Galaxy and making a good game of it, Herc. Yeah, it's gotta be frustrating though. You made a good game of it, but you gave up two penalty mm. kicks. That's the most frustrating part. You took LA Galaxy to the brink and in their hometown, no less. Yeah, and Irvine 1-1 uh, throughout a lot of this game. Actually, Cal United strikers took the lead. Then Galaxy went up 3-1. Cal United Strikers get a goal late, and for about five, six minutes, Herc, you really thought that the Nice entrant uh, might get the job done. In the end, they did not. And then this game, which you picked as your game of the night, and it certainly lived up to it. Seattle-San Jose from Starfire. Uh, San Jose actually held a big lead, blew the lead, and then in a crazy penalty shootout, uh, we had to go all the way to the goalies, my man. Yeah, Cleveland right there. He's, he doesn't even make the rebound. <laughs> Frustrating night for him. Yep. A great night, though, for San Jose. Boy, they needed this after a tough start to their season, and they are through to the round of 16. There you have it. 16 teams left in the U.S. Open Cup. They are broken down into four groups in the Northeast. Charlotte FC, New England Revolution, New York City FC, New York Red Bulls. In the Southeast, Inner Miami, Louisville City, Orlando City, Nashville SC, Central, Houston Dynamo, Minnesota United, Sporting Kansas City, Union Omaha, and in the West, LA Galaxy, Los Angeles FC, Sacramento Republic, and the San Jose Earthquakes.
And then there were 16. We got 13 MLS teams, two yep. teams out of USL Championship, and one team out of the third tier, USL League One. So right now, in the next minutes, we're gonna do the round of 16 draw live. We're also gonna find out who's gonna be hosting those quarterfinal matches. So. We're being tasked with something pretty important here, it feels like. It, Maybe it feels like too much responsibility for me. <laughs> yes. Have you like. ever been involved in something like this before? No. No, no. I feel like we should be in uh, tuxes or something. All right, let's show you the, the schedule for what's left of the tournament, because obviously uh, we got to get you set. Round of 16 coming up later this month, May 24th and the 25th. Quarterfinal rounds late June, 21st and 22nd. Semifinals late July, 26th and 27th. And then the U.S. Open Cup final, September 7th. Cannot wait. All right, so let's dive into this draw and joining us for a little bit of help from the U.S. Soccer Federation. He is the commissioner of the U.S. Open Cup, David Applegate. Joining us, David, first of all, great to have you here. Please tell me you had as much fun last night as we did, because that was awesome. It was absolutely incredible, you know, thanks to, you know, you guys for sitting in the chair and, you know, having, <laughs> having to, having to um, you know, beg for some off-camera time for, you know, any personal matters yep. that came up. And uh, the crew, um, you know, they've been, they've been great, um, you know, working hard behind the scenes to make this come together really quickly so uh, you know on behalf of us soccer on behalf of the open cup thank you guys so much and um, thank you for helping us out today as our draw guest definitely okay so we've watched some of the previous draws but i'm not very good at following instructions i know you aren't i'm very good at following instructions. Uh, okay that's we, what we're, i do that's what i've done as an athlete we're about to see so kind of walk us through here what we're supposed to do with each of these groups because each of these four pots represents the four regional groups right. and the 16 teams are the 16 balls that you're looking at. Right, so I mean, the reason we got Herc wasn't the instructions, but it's the ability to stir the pot. <laughs> there it is. So, yeah. um, He's you know, the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so we'll, um, you know, we'll start in the Northeast. Okay. Herc will stir up the balls there and then we'll pull them out um, as they Don't come out. Yet. Oh. That's all right. And um, then we'll, um, after, you know, first ball up will be drawn into the first home slot, H1. Okay. Okay. Second ball up will be drawn into the second hosting spot for the round of 16, H2. Third ball out will be drawn into A3, which is going to play, there we go, we see it on screen, H1. Um, and then the last ball up will head into that last slot. And it will be that for the quarterfinals, the H1A1 team will host the quarterfinals. So the winner of that game then hosts the quarterfinal, whoever it is. Exactly. A chance for a team to be playing home twice in a row here in the Open. Wow. Okay, and just to be clear, um, the 16 teams that are left, they all submitted to host, right? They're all submitted to host. Okay. So all venues are, uh, all venues are available. Perfect. Okay, so. We ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Ready. Okay, so I let's start with the uh, with the first group. This is the uh, the Northeast region. Uh, of course, we got four teams in it. Charlotte is maybe kind of the outlier when you think right. about the Northeast, but New England That's Revolution, out. New York City uh, FC, and the New York Red Bulls. Ah, oh, so the potential strong, quite strong of a uh, Hudson River Derby there potentially. All right, relax, right. bro. Relax. <laughs> Take your time. There it is. Uh, there are the four teams. Tell me to uh, relax. Let's All see right. how this goes. All okay, right. so walk them through it, David. Joe, you're gonna. Go pick ahead, the first stir, ball. Stir stir the pot. All right. All right, all right, all right. Don't blow it, bro. You can't pick the Sounders. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Are you gonna be Unlucky. okay? Yeah. You make Get it your hand off me. All right. Got it. <laughs> all right. Go ahead. Open it up. We are opening this up. It's a little. Oh, he talks all there. the time about how no, much no, he no. works. How much Here, he works me, out in the gym. Oh, look at that. There you go. Open it. Ready? All right. A ver. We got in there. And we have. Show it to the camera. Show it to the camera. Wow. Okay. New York Red Bulls. So that means that the New York Red Bulls then will host their round of 16 matchup, right? They are going into uh, yep. H1. H1. New York Red Bulls to H1. Of course, uh, New York Red Bulls advancing after a 3-0 victory in the round of 32 over my beloved DC United, who really didn't start a competitive 11. No. Bummed no. about that. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Chad. <laughs> All right. But nevertheless, the New York Red Bulls are, are a team that has made some deep runs in this tournament in the past. So there we see them in uh, H1. Next, we're not going to find out who they're going to play, right? We're going to find, no, out, the find out the other home team host. for the round of 16. The other home team. This will be H2, right? So yes. what do you got, Herc? Here we go, H2. Stir the pot, Herc. H2. So whoever gets this is getting that home game. You're not here. You're not getting a home game in the round of 16. Oh, 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 oh. New York City FC. Okay, so. We know we will not have a Hudson River Derby in the round of 16, but we know we could, we very well could have one in the quarterfinals. Uh, that, honestly, what do you want? It's a what would you prefer, round of 16 or no, quarterfinals? Okay, okay, but they still got to take care of business. They got to take care of business. 
Um, New York City FC, after a kind of slower start to the season, they've turned things around. They looked pretty good last night against Rochester. They looked very good against Rochester. So now they will have a home game mm -hmm. uh, for, for them. It'll mm -hmm. be very interesting. They're, they haven't been accustomed to having very many home games. Where they be at? Uh, at St. John's again in Queens? That's, yep. I believe that's the plan, yeah. Okay. okay, so there we have it. So, all right, so we've got the two home teams for the round of 16 in the Northeast region of the bracket. Let's find out who's playing who. All right. Let's, Let's do this. Who's traveling to play Red Bull. Okay. This is for Red Bull. All right. Red Bull opponents. It could be either Charlotte or the New England Revolution. Oh, this will be fun. Ooh. For the crown. Charlotte FC, the expansion darlings. Remember when they were, uh, estamos jodidos? They, <laughs> they were, but Miguel Angel Ramirez and his men, yeah. they're all of a sudden not. Yeah, and they were, you know, against Richmond, there was a minute maybe where you thought, okay, Richmond's going to make a game of this. Yeah. But Charlotte turned it on, and they hit a speed that Richmond Listen, just couldn't If they could with. get Jordi Reina playing at that level every single game, Daniel Rios contributing that way has mm -hmm. been a huge, massive pickup for them. I think they're going to have a very good chance. Yep. Shout out to uh, Mackenzie Gaines as well, who had a brace in that victory over Richmond. All right, let's fill out the uh, the last of the Northeast. I guess we know, we know who this is, her. right? Yeah. No surprise uh, here. There's only one team left. It is, there you go. The uh, New England Revolution won it in 2007 with our good friend ESPN FC's Steve Nichol uh, in charge of the team. We got to see them last night against FC Cincinnati. Probably the most important title of his career. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Forget those Forget uh, the European Cups with, yeah. with Liverpool. Yeah, forget those. How about Carlos Hill last night? Boy, he's a special player and a special left foot. Oops, uh, yeah, but Carlos Hill's heating up, and they need him to heat up. He's been uh, an impact player in this league. Uh, he's a very good player, and if they have a chance of going far and potentially winning this competition, it'll be with Carlos Hill playing well. Plus, you never know, we might get Henry Kessler back on the show. Maybe we he's get another good, right? Bruce Arena impression. I thought that was, uh, that was brilliant. Okay, so that's the Northeast region. We got New York Red Bulls against Charlotte FC, New York City FC against the New England Revolution. Again, those games will be played midweek. May 24th and May 25th. Northeast region done? Did we? North region done. We didn't screw done. it up? Oh, 25% of the way there. Okay. All right. All right. I can't guarantee this will. All right. All right. There we go. All right. Let's take a look at the uh, the four teams in the Southeast first. We got Inner Miami, Orlando City, and Nashville SC out of Major League Soccer. And then Louisville City, coached by our good friend Danny Cruz, who was on the Whip Around show. Sorry, the Gold Cast. Gold Cast. Last night. Uh, Louisville City, of course, representing USL Championship second tier on the pyramid. All right, Herc, make some good matchups. Here we go, right. here we go, let's see. This is uh, H1 in the Southeast region, so this team will be hosting on May 24th or 25th. Oh, going to Disneyland. Orlando City Disney SC, World. okay, all right. So a home game down there in the Sunshine State. Orlando beating the Philadelphia Union yeah. on, what was it, Tuesday night? Right, Oscar Parejas won this competition, I believe. Mm -hmm. Orlando's a good knockout tournament team. We said that before on the show, right? MLS is back, like, they're, they're tough out. And Philadelphia Union, we know, has had a ton of success in this competition. So to knock them out, even though it wasn't maybe Philly's strongest team, a lot of kids, but the kids in Philly are usually pretty good. So you beat they're them, very you must have good. Done uh, right. Orlando City's still a very good team. Tough place to play, especially come summertime. So Orlando City gets a home game in the Southeast region. Who else? All right, here we go. Here we go. We're getting the hang of this, David. I don't know. Yeah, I know. This is easier than I thought it would be. Yes. You next know? time, Just next time, I'm gonna famous last player. words. That's right. Fame. No, no, no. You, you better <laughs> oh, be here. Oh, look at this. Yes! Look at this, Danny Cruz, we did it You're for you, welcome. baby! You're welcome, Louisville! Let's go. I, ex I expect a sweet. Okay, that is awesome. <laughs> great, great. Are we going to get to show off an another awesome atmosphere yeah. and facility in American soccer Ridiculous that atmosphere. maybe we don't see every day? Uh, Louisville City surviving after a penalty shootout with Detroit City. Talk about amazing atmospheres. But we had Danny Cruz on the show last night. Great to see uh, him Confident get a chance. There, he's totally. He's confident to play anybody, so uh, this is going to be great. Yeah, what did he say last night? He's like, in a one-off, you know, I'll put my guys up against anybody. So uh, let's see who that anybody is going to be. We're going to have to wait to find out. Let's find out who Orlando City plays now. All right, Orlando City. Who do you think Orlando would want to play? Well, you only have uh, two options left. You got Inter-Miami. Right. Uh, and you got Nashville. That's a Clásico. Inter-Miami, Orlando. Okay, okay. Let's make it happen. We're going to get it uh, potentially in the quarterfinals. Are we going to get it in the round of 16? <laughs> oh, there it is. Yes. Yes. We wanted derbies, right? That'll be there a you third go. in Florida. 
this tournament. Wow, look at this. Yeah, that's right. We've had some good ones. I feel like for the derbies, you got Texas, you can always count on. Florida, right. you can always count on. Where else that, that'll give us a good? California, we had some great California, ones. California, Strikers, Galaxy. Yeah, without a doubt. But uh, Leonardo Campana and Inter Miami under Phil Neville, and hopefully, Phil Neville's players uh, please them this go around. Yeah, oh yeah, he didn't think he didn't think they were too like good against uh, South Georgia. Like but hey, you got to send a message yeah, to your guys. Ambassador with the par with the pair of goals. So we got one more right. team. Uh, we know who it is. No surprises here. It's going to be Nashville. Yep. And so that last matchup. I hope it's Nashville. If I yeah, right. Say. Otherwise, we're in trouble. <laughs> and I'm blaming Herc. Nashville SC, the last team pick. So it'll be Louisville City hosting Nashville. And what a comeback, from Nashville. Last night against that uh, against Atlanta, massive comeback. I'm kind of bummed they don't get a home game right now because that was an unreal yes. against Atlanta. Yep. Definitely building something special there. Big win for them. Geodis Park, uh, CJ Sapong with a goal. Ethan Zubak joined us after he scored this. The vibes. That was awesome. Yeah, it was good. It was good. A lot of vibes there. Okay, so there it is, the Southeast region, Orlando City against Inter-Miami and Louisville City against Nashville SC. Starting to like these matchups. Pretty strong there, pretty strong there. Okay, so uh, if they do make the quarterfinals, it'll be uh, the winner of Orlando City or Inter-Miami, right, that hosts that quarterfinal match. Right. So we know we'll, yep. we'll be going to, to somewhere in Florida for the quarterfinals. All right, two of the four right. done, I guess. Let's go, Seb. I guess. You're up, you're Yikes. up, Seb. All right, uh, Herc, walk us through uh, the teams All here right. in the Central You've region. got the Houston Dynamo, you've got uh, Minnesota United, Sporting Kansas City, and Union Omaha. I still maintain one of the best crests out there. Definitely, what are we, uh, Los Tecos of, uh, of the United States, Is that what we're calling them? Los Buos, the Owls. All right, That's so right. Central region here, so right. this one is H1. H1, yeah. So you get Come this, on, you're hosting. I got some friends in Omaha. Let's see. Let's see if I can do them any solids here. Ooh. We got. We had some friends from this team on the show last night. Hey, Sporting we go. Kansas City. Blue Hell. Benny Failhaber, Peter Vermees. We took care of you. you took care of yeah. us. Helped us fill what seven hours of life. Yeah, <laughs> Peter Vermees, very good interview. A lot of insight, saying uh, maybe those homegrown territories need to be uh, let go. Of. Absolutely, yes. Uh, interesting conversation. Interesting game they had with FC Dallas. Talk about comebacks. They were down big, came back to win big, four-two. Yeah, I thought that was the classico of do not play out of the back. Yes. Those goals. Yeah. Uh, Especially for Dallas there. Yeah. That's uh, I think best described uh, as a meltdown for Dallas. Unfortunate for them, they have. Uh, they have won this Open Cup before Did in the past. Did you stir the pot? Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course. I mean, I realize that's not usually your job. No. Mm -mm, no, I'm definitely you not. You not watch the show? Not the <laughs> at all. All right, so this is for H2 then. All this right. team is also getting a home game. Come on, me Union Omaha. Come on, me Union Omaha. All right. Not Union Omaha. Sorry, boys. You're going to have to go on the road if you're going to uh, keep the Cinderella run going. Very uh, difficult. Can I be honest? I really feel like I blew that. I, yeah. I messed it up. I'm sorry, Union yeah, Omaha. Yeah, but uh, Allianz Minnesota. Field, if they, can, if they can get a game in without the weather messing it up, is a, is a great facility as well. I will say one of my favorite stadiums in Major League Soccer. Oh, top, definitely. Top club, top stadium. Yeah. Uh, yeah weather, <laughs> weather permitting, it's a very good guest producer. Weather permitting. Hey, it was beautiful and sunny at uh, what, 1 p.m. local time when they finished was, this thing was. up. Uh, and also there with the, uh, the, game. the game winner. Are working at that hour? Well, I'm assuming you got in for free if you pay the night before, yeah, you still right? work. What, do you take the day off? I mean, why not? All right, right this will be for the A1 slot. A1 slot. So this is the team then that's going to face Sporting Kansas City. Oh, man, I love this. Because this, this, this takes you back to about... That was a classic on itself. Nine, ten years ago, when these two teams were absolute rivals. Peter Vermees, Dominic Kinnear, Houston against Sporting Kansas City. They were just always meeting in, in the playoffs and conference finals. Uh, and so Houston getting yeah. the, the big win last night, just avoiding the cup set against San Antonio. San Antonio, you had it! 82 minutes! Ah, and then you gave up a set piece. It's a very difficult place to play. Hey, heads up, Houston got, this was, well, I think, five more games in the next 17 days. That's not going to be easy. Houston, uh, of course, winning the U.S. Open Cup back in 2018, beating the Philadelphia Union 3-0 there to claim the crown. All right, uh, last ball here. We know this one, right? It is going to be the aforementioned, what is it, what you call the best crest in America? Best crest. Union Omaha. 
out of USL League One, the third tier of American soccer, the last remaining, the furthest advancing team in the third tier. Uh, and David, what do they get? It's twenty-five thousand, right? Twenty-five thousand dollars. Okay, good. I want to make sure I didn't get that yeah. one wrong and promise them more money. You, you know what's <laughs> worth twenty-five k? Watch the second goal they're gonna do right now. Uh -huh. the, give, the constant give and go, and then look at this little finish right there. Yes. Dink over the top. You had one job. Pick them first, and you picked them last. No, I know. I, that, we needed the we needed to dip one of those balls in a freezer, and just so I wouldn't have known. <laughs> Who was Union Omaha? Okay, so uh, there it is. Let's take a good look at it. Here's the round of 16 in the Central Region. Sporting KC and the Houston Dynamo. Minnesota United against the Cinderella story that's left. Union Omaha. Here we go. All right, let's show you the West. The four teams left out West. Herc, what do we got? We've got the LA Galaxy. Four-time winner of this competition versus LA. Two-time winner. Two-time oh, winner. Two-time winner. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, two-time yeah. winner. I'm thinking of Seattle Sounders. You're always thinking <laughs> of the <laughs> Seattle Sounders, man. Come well, on. you know what? They've been to a lot of finals. I I, I lost two with they the won Galaxy. They won it in 2001 yeah. and yeah. 2005. LAFC, Sacramento Republic, and the San Jose Earthquakes. Okay. All right. So uh, let's see who's going to get this first home game. Who's going into that H1 spot? Oh, you, 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 you. Who's got that home game? Of course. There we go. Oh. There we go, peoples. The last time the LA Galaxy won the US Open Cup, 2005, the man who scored the game-winning goal in the final, none other than Hercules Gomez. That's the last time the Galaxy won the Open Cup? Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. and it was at home. It was at home. Yeah. All right. Why didn't you the back Bro. then Home Depot Center, now Dignity Hill Sports Park. You forgot to bring your medals last night. Did you forget them again today? Medals and You had one job. You had one job. How does Dude. it? I can just walk around with like rings and metal. Oh yes, no, right, because you're walking to ESPN. I got Perk looking at me all weird. Yeah, I got Richard Jefferson. Like, what is he bringing? Okay, up? name dropper. All right, so this is for this is for the other home game out west. Let's get a uh, let's hopefully get a lower. Game. Let's there get a lower. Go. Yes. There you go, Sacramento. All right, Seb's not entirely useless. He did get you a he did get a, a home game for a lower seat a lower tier team. Sacramento Republic out of the USL Championship, getting it done last night against Phoenix. Look at that little cutback and then the rifle far post. You know when I knew it was over mm -hmm. uh, for Phoenix Rising, which is a very good team? Mm -hmm. When you know when I knew it wasn't their day, they have one from the spot and uh, it was blocked. After that, I knew Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a tough one. Good showdown. These two teams, uh, you could tell there's there's some animosity. They're in the same Western Conference there in USL Championship. So Sacramento Republic moving through to the round of 16, and they will get a home game. Who will the Galaxy play? Will it be a oh, Clásico. Clásico Angelino. Classico. Will it be El Tráfico? There's a Clásico in a there. A ver, a ver, a ver. We know we might have one in the quarterfinals, but I'd like to guarantee one oh. here in the round of 16. Uh oh A ver. Look at that, LAFC and the LA Galaxy will meet in the round of 16. We got El Tráfico. We got what we wanted. Let's go. You know, the LA Galaxy have never lost the LAFC at home. Ooh, there it is. Hey, there's a first time for everything. You know how I know that? In our, in our uh, book it, I mm -hmm. made that bet, and you bet against them. Wow. <laughs> you know with me and Book It, uh, right now, the, the, the best policy anybody can have uh, is fade LAFC, of course, advancing after a win against the Portland Timbers. Boy, uh, LAFC Portland, guaranteed fireworks. A little animosity there, huh? Yeah, speaking of. Brief speaking history, of. Some history there. That's a, that's a good little rivalry they've been uh, building up. But this, the LA. Well, you want to call it El Tráfico? You want to call it the LA Derby? Well, I don't know. We had Kellen Acosta on the show, and he said the guys in the dressing room don't even call it El Tráfico. Yeah, so but I feel he, like he's, yeah. Okay. Yeah, if they're not calling he it, he also wouldn't acknowledge that the Galaxy was in Los Angeles either. So that's that's he was taking a shot. Yeah, he oh. was definitely doing the Carson okay. bit. Okay, so uh, last taking one here. Uh, we obviously know Sacramento Republic is going to be playing the San Jose Earthquake. So a nice, nice little. Uh, can we call it NorCal, Northern California Classic? Yeah. Who are you taking? Well, I'm always going to go with the underdog, and I'm sure I'll get a better payout on that, too, when the odds makers come out with the odds of this one. So, uh, yeah, I'll take Sacramento Republic. I want to I see more lower-tier teams advance. Plus, San Jose, I think, um, a little bit lucky last night, you know? Um, it's a crapshoot, but, yeah, I mean, a certain amount of luck. But, listen, it was by no means a uh, one of those games that's going to be in the, the Louvre. Okay. All right. David, did we... Penalty 11 rounds, so... Did we do okay? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you got it. Um, I don't know. You know, last round, we we awarded our guests with a little ice cream afterward. I, I think saw it, that. I think it might be in order uh, this time around. Ice cream. Your guests, your guests were also like nine years old, so... Well, <laughs> <laughs> You went for Wait, some ice cream? So you went from nine-year-olds to us? Yes, and, it, and the maturity <laughs> yeah. somehow dropped on the set. Uh, fantastically. All right, so 
we got some we got some uh, real good matchups. Let's take a look at the bracket as a whole. Uh, we can't show you all the games, so let's go with kind of the top half of the bracket. Uh, we'll start out here actually out west. So Galaxy LAFC, Sacramento Republic against San Jose. Here's more of the bracket layout. You got the northeast up top, southeast uh, down low. There you see how it'll kind of work its way to the semifinals. Pretty interesting matchups there. I think probably the, the most intriguing Orlando Inter Miami in that round of 16, you think? Yeah. Absolutely. It's a little Classico in Florida. It's going to be very hot, uh, but mm -hmm. that New York City, New England one is, is catching my eye. Okay, all right. Of course, a, uh, a playoff rematch from last year, right? So uh, a lot of history then between those two teams. What about the other half of the bracket? You got uh, Central and West in the Central Sporting KC against the Houston Dynamo and Minnesota United hosting Union Omaha, Galaxy LAFC, and then Sacramento Republic and the San Jose Earthquakes. Now, Traffic are going to steal all the attention there, but you know, you know me, I got an eye on that Union Omaha match. What about you? Uh, Sacramento. That's going to be an interesting one against uh, San Jose. Uh, very interesting, but I mean, you said it yourself. The the LA matchup's going to pretty much get everybody's attention. Absolutely. So I think we got I think we got a pretty good round of 16 slate. Um, we got to see how the schedule works out, right? So what's this going to be? There's going to be two days for these games, and we'll find out by tonight kind of all the scheduling and where everybody will be. We should find out by tonight if all the scheduling works itself out. Right now, it looks like based on the draw as it came up and as the schedule is in my memory, it looks like we might have all eight games on the Wednesday. Um, just Interesting. Yeah, we leave two days between league matches, and I know there's a heavy What would you do to fill your time during that day? Are you thinking what I'm thinking, what he's thinking, <laughs> what they're thinking? We'll see, we'll see. We got we got two weeks uh, to, to work on that. But, but um, we'll be confirming that um, the teams will We'll work it out with the teams this evening and okay. tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Eastern time is when the uh, the schedule will be released. Awesome. Okay, so there you have it. And that'll be on uh, all like U.S. Soccer, soccer Twitter. At Open Cup. Okay. Awesome. So there you have it. Uh, David Applegate, the commissioner of the U.S. Open Cup, joining us here for the live draw of the round of 16. Um, I don't know that we were flawless. But we got the job flawless. done. I mean, we got the job done. If we didn't done. mess it up, it's pretty flawless. Uh, flawless would have been Union Omaha uh, getting there. Well, that's you. I was pretty flawless. Okay, enough. <laughs> what a couple days, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you said that with a deep, deep. Yeah. 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 Well, next contract. This is contract here, so next. Easy, contract. bro. Next easy, contract. bro. You want to start the negotiations sure. right here? Overtime live, for sure. Uh, on television. Well, look, it, <laughs> seven it, hours. It has been a lot of fun. Uh, I want to thank the folks from the U.S. Soccer Federation. They kind of had the original idea yeah. to, to work together on some of this Open Cup stuff. I'm super glad we got to do the goal cast last night. It was really cool to, to have all those guests pop in and see the reaction from across American I'm soccer. I was glad we did it. I, I've been working with you here for over five years, mm -hmm. five plus years, mm -hmm. and I've never seen people speak about you so positively. <laughs> it was amazing. America, keep it up, keep it up. Yeah, yeah, we probably shouldn't go to Twitter right now. I'm sure they're, uh, I'm sure they're upset with us. Why did you put it so late? Sorry. Why? We may, hey, we Don't saved the best for last, as we often do here on Football Americas. We'll see you happy. next time.